It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, as always, if you would like more information on the show, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. And you can actually join the conversation there as well. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app like Spotify or Podcast One and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this morning with Scott O'Reilly. Scott is with the Little Fork Family Advocacy Center. It's our pleasure to welcome Scott O'Reilly back to the show. Good morning, Scott. How are you? It's nice to talk to you again. Thanks for having me back. No problem. Now, we had you on the show at the beginning of the year you are an assistant prosecutor. Tell us about your role and what that means. So, uh, I, you know, I've, I've been an assistant prosecutor in Claremont County for about 20 years now. Uh, my primary focus for the last 10 has been specific to child abuse cases, and it's also been specific to sexual assault cases. We kind of uh, created a position where I supervise uh, all of those types of cases in Claremont County. So any of the sexual assault cases, any of the child abuse cases, they flow through me. And then, uh, but in addition to just me, we have our Little Fork team. And that's a collection of law enforcement in Claremont County, nonprofits in Claremont County, uh, Children's Protective Services, really any stakeholder that, that uh, is involved in addressing family violence. And we routinely review those cases, and, and uh, although I make the ultimate decision, we get a lot of input from a lot of different parties as to how to address each individual case. Okay, so let's back up here a minute. You mentioned Little Fork, but you are undergoing this huge project to provide help for abused children. Um, remind us about this project and what it is and what you're doing. This is something you're taking on personally. Yeah, and, and I've spent uh, over seven years working on this, and we're finally to the point where it's actually coming to fruition. Um, you know, being in the criminal justice system, I see on a daily basis what happens to people who are 40 and 50 years old, and they find themselves stuck in a cycle of criminal activity, stuck in a cycle of drugs. And the reality is, if you go back in time and you look back when they were children, there's a strong connection between what their home life was like, whether they were around abuse, around domestic violence, uh, were neglected. And if those types of things happen when these kids were little, there's a strong correlation between future drug use, future criminal uh, contacts, and really health issues as well. And it's called adverse childhood experiences. Uh, it's been around for a little over 20 years now, but I just, I think we're on the cusp of really uh, getting a good idea of the connection between what happens to kids and then, you know, what's going to happen when they're adults. And so Little Fork's mission is when these kids come in, you know, then through the front door seeking kind of justice or seeking something from the, um, you know, the, the criminal justice system, that there's a lot more that we need to do for those kids. It's not just about addressing what a perpetrator did. It's about addressing the overall needs of that, that family, that particular family, and specifically those kids, and making sure that whatever needs they have, be it mental health needs, be it you know medical health needs, uh, be it housing, we've got to address uh, you know, that foundational need and support for the family 
so that we're not trying to take the 47-year-old drug user who's had a terrible childhood and, and turn that around, because that is a, that's very difficult to do. Okay, and so Little Fork Family Advocacy Center is going to be a brick and mortar that will house agencies. Tell us more about that portion. That's right. So uh, Little Fork will be, and I, you use these like words like holistic approach, but it really what is is what it is. Um, we will have government entities from law enforcement to prosecutors to victim advocates. But above and beyond that, we're partnered with Cincinnati Children's Hospital. We're, we're partnered with uh, Mercy. We're partnered with Beach Acres and Child Focus and the YWCA and St. Joe's Orphanage and CASA. And so all of these different agencies will have representatives under one roof with the idea being we're going to address all of those different needs. And you start naming off those partners. Uh, some of them do different things than others. So, you know, making sure if it's a domestic violence situation, you can utilize the resources that the Y has, uh, be it, you know, housing. Um, and then when you, you're looking at counseling needs, you've got all the other nonprofits that can focus on that. If you're talking about parenting help, you know, you've got the different nonprofits that can focus on that as well. But it's it's kind of Little Fork will be kind of the quarterback or the case manager for those families, for those kids, and then assessing the overall needs of a family when they walk through the door. And instead of handing somebody a card that's got 70 telephone numbers and, you know, they're a family who's in the margins and asking them to to uh, follow through with all that, which is not realistic, um, we're going to – our effort will be to do that for them, to make sure that that when they walk through the door, we're assessing the entire needs of the family, not just the needs from the justice system. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on our guests, more information on the show, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. This morning, we're speaking to Scott O'Reilly. He is with Little Fork Family Advocacy Center. Now, on a personal level, why was it so important for you to create this center? So, you know, everybody's got, uh, we all have personal stories, and, and uh, I, I would tell you that that's part of mine as well. And it goes back to, you know, I had, I had a father who didn't have parents, um, and I think uh, he, he was given opportunities from, from individuals that uh, if he didn't have those opportunities, I wouldn't be here, and he certainly wouldn't have been the person that he is. I mean, he was a kid on the margins, and he grew up um, – you know, out east, and you talk about um, uh, the barriers that a lot of the rural families have because there's just not a lot of resources out there. But he was able to overcome that. So that was always part of it. Um, in addition to that, uh, my wife um, was a therapist. And so we would oftentimes talk about, you know, just in general terms, I would see these kids and these families on the, the front end when you're talking about the justice system. And she would be seeing a lot of these these uh, families, these now adults on the back end and, and what they'd experienced. Um, tragically, she, she uh, got cancer um, in the midst of this seven years as I've been working on this project and passed away. Hmm. And uh, we have, you know, we had three kids. So I've, I have three kids and I, and I see how tough it is um, just to overcome a lot of those those barriers themselves, even in even in my situation, um, but I see all these other families that don't have 
you know, li- especially living on the margins, like how can we help them overcome the cycle of poverty? How can we help them overcome a cycle of violence or cycle of drugs? Um, and so I, and, and what I started thinking is we've got all these wonderful agencies all over the place, but they don't work together. I mean, it's not, not much different than where we are just as a nation on the whole. We've got all these great people on all different sides, and they stopped working together. And so my goal has been to make sure that regardless of where, you know, I've got the law enforcement community working with the YWCA, and they work hand-in-hand together, and it works fantastic because we're all focused on, on one ultimate goal, which is to help kids and help families. Uh, honestly, it has become a, a passion of mine. You know, I've put lots of bad people away, and that certainly is important. But as time has gone on, I've walked out of courtrooms and and defendants have been gone in prison forever. And I go, yeah, but what's going to happen to this kid? Mm. What's going to happen to this family? Am I am I or somebody else going to see this kid in 15 years and they're going to be going through similar types of struggles that I see every day in the court system? And what can we do to improve that? All right. This is my effort. All right. Now, let's talk about this. Now, give us an update on the status of the brick and mortar itself. So what what I can tell you in general terms about the brick and mortar, because I can't publicly announce this yet, is we do have a, a brick and mortar place that we will be operating from in right. the next six months. All right. Well, good. Congratulations on that. I know yeah. that's that's huge for you guys. It's a change from the last time you and I talked. So it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, it's strange how things work with... Uh, you know, the last time we had talked, we were getting ready to have a big fundraiser because we were starting a big capital campaign and COVID kind of shifted our focus in a lot of ways, but it shifted it into a positive area. So I'm, I'm very excited of the things that I'll be able to talk about in the near future. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Scott O'Reilly. He's with the Little Fork Family Advocacy Center. Now, let's talk about this. Now, what are some of the more common signs of abuse in children? Um, Let's just go over that very quickly for parents listening this morning that might suspect our family members. What can they look for? What should they look for physically as, as well? You know, if it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, what should they be looking for? So, And, and you know, this this topic presents uh, and, and I'd like to tie it back into COVID, if that's okay. Um, sure. Obviously, one of the big concerns I've had with kids not being, you know, a lot of kids not being able to go back to school is teachers, um, you know, schools are kind of on the front line of this in a lot of ways. Sure they are. If they see kids sleeping in class, if they see marks, if they see bruises, if they see a kid withdrawn, you know, a lot of times they're the ones who can identify issues at home if you've got the kid who's truant a lot, um, which is why. And, you know, I know we all everybody has uh, different ways you're looking at, at this virus, and this pandemic. I, I personally have been looking at it as concerning for what's happening to these kids, especially the kids on the margins who are not being seen or, or were not being seen by teachers or school staff who, who, again, provide that layer of protection or eyes on the kids and the families. Um, so, uh, you know, with, with a virus like this, that was my, that was and, and still remains a very big concern um, is making sure that these kids who don't have access or the ability to be in school right now, that somebody's having eyes on them. And even in neighborhoods, I think there's, there's people who know these families or these, these kids who might be at risk. And the important thing is having the ability and the strength and the courage 
to look after those kids and make sure that they're being taken care of correctly. Okay, now you talked about sleeping in class, but in general, let's very quickly go over some of those common warning signs for parents. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if you've got a kid that's withdrawn, um, I think if you see a very significant behavioral change, if you see a change in sleeping patterns, uh, you know, oftentimes, and I'm not, obviously, I'm not a psychologist or clinician, but when, um, you know, kids are, are uh, sexually abused, oftentimes there'll be a tie-in with post-traumatic stress or other mental health disorders, and you see significant changes in sleeping patterns where their anxiety level increases, uh, where they're waking up oftentimes in the middle of the night. Um, and so I, those, those significant behavioral changes, drops in, in, in grades, withdrawing, depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of uh, parents, you know your kids best. So if you see these significant issues, and, and maybe it isn't sexual abuse, maybe it's something else, uh, maybe it's, um, and especially with the virus that we're talking about now, that's another area that I, I hope long-term Little Fork will be directly addressing is suicide prevention. Um, and I think all of this, you know, again, all of this ties, it all ties together. It all ties together. All right. Again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Scott O'Reilly. He's with Little Fork Family Advocacy Center. He's also an assistant prosecutor here in this area. For more information on Scott, for more information on the show, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We'll have more information there. We'll also have information on child abuse as well. Now, Let's talk about this now. As a prosecutor, I'm sure you see many children who go to court and they have to face the person that abused them. What is that like for those children and what is it like for their families as well? You know, what I can tell you is that when you've got a child who's been sexually abused and I have seen this routinely is it rips families apart. You know, immediately family members start taking sides. Um, and so you can just imagine, especially if you're a child, the kind of pressures that you have. I've had cases where defendant has flat out admitted to the type of abuse that's engaged. I had a sentencing a few weeks ago where that was kind of the circumstances. And there were 20 people there to support the defendant. And the only person there to support the victim was her mother. You know, this is the same nuclear family. And that's not the, that's not the first time that's happened. So for these these kids to come forward, there's obviously added pressure when you're a child as to what's going to, first off, you may not even know what's going on is wrong. Um, and if you do, you may have been threatened. You may be scared that you're going to lose your home, that you're going to lose your, your, your parent, you're going to lose your family. Um, so these, these, these added pressures for kids make it very difficult um, to come forward in, in sexual assault cases. And then when you talk specifically about coming into court, and testifying, even for the most seasoned attorney, it's an intimidating place. I mean, courtrooms are intimidating. You've got strangers all looking at you, all staring at you, and, and hanging on every word that you say and, and judging very quickly whether they believe you or not. So certainly as a child, um, there's a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome from just one coming forward and two taking a case all the way through a trial. Now, the center has a chance to win a grant for $25,000. Tell us about this grant, and there's something that we all can do to help. Tell us about that as well. Yeah, we were uh, we were very lucky to be chosen as a finalist. State Farm Insurance has these neighborhood grants. They 
they uh, end up giving uh, a certain number of these grants, uh, and it's a it's a nationwide competition. I think they had somewhere in the neighborhood of ten thousand applicants. They wow. narrow it down to two hundred, and then those two hundred have to uh, essentially go at each other voting wise. And it's you know it's a friendly competition, but the reality is the top forty um, vote getters obtain these grants, and so that's why. Uh, for Little Fork's purposes, you know, we're a, a startup. Twenty-five thousand dollars is a big deal for us, mm-hmm. and and so this is a chance for us to get some good seed money and be supported by State Farm. And um, right now, if you go to their their neighborhood grant, um, uh, uh, and I'm not, it's on their website, but we'll we'll provide provide the link to you as well. But yeah, what what we're encouraging everyone to do right now is go out, um, vote for Little Fork and uh, help us win this grant. Okay. And so we can start, that started on September 23rd, and it ends on October 2nd. Is that right? That's correct. So right now I should be telling you to log on and, and vote for Little Fork right now as we're on air. And okay. then, uh, anybody who hears us, um, just please. And, it, and it, the other great thing is it gives a, a good, probably a two, three-minute read, gives you a good synopsis of what Little Fork's all about, and, and hopefully it's something that uh, that everybody can get behind and, and support, and this is a good chance to support it by just voting. That's all you need to do. All right, and we'll have the link on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You can go to our Facebook page there and access the link and vote as well. Um, let me ask you this, Scott. Why should our listeners, why should they support this grant? The long-term goal for Little Fork, for me personally, and I really think a lot of the stakeholders are involved with us, is this can be a really good model to help families all over the state of Ohio and, and, and potentially beyond that. Um, this holistic approach to addressing these kids and these families um, is unique. And I think this gives our region an opportunity to really take an, an active role in, in leading how we can address neglect, abuse, physical and sexual violence on families, and how we can try to make a long-term lasting change on these families. And that's what Little Fork will stand for. This grant gives us an opportunity to get some seed money to help us get this up and running. And that's really what it's all about. All right. And so outside of this grant, what can we all do to help abuse children? Of course, we're going to go online and we're going to vote for you guys so you guys can win that $25,000. But outside of that, what else can we do? What can everyday people do to help? And so what, what I always say is a lot of people, including teachers, um, everybody thinks that if you suspect something, if I just call 241 Kids or CPS, that's enough. And I say that's not enough. If you genuinely suspect that something is going on, you know, you can call 241 Kids, but then follow up on it. Make additional calls. Call the law enforcement department in your area. Find out who the detective is, because most of the, the agencies that are large enough from the city of Cincinnati to the Warren County Sheriff's Department, my County Sheriff's Department, they have detectives who are specifically assigned to personal crimes. And so if you think that that's going on, find who that is. You know, we cannot be passive, especially with kids. We have to be strong advocates because they can't advocate for themselves in a lot of ways. And so if you think something's going on, if you suspect something's going on, don't just tell yourself that you didn't see it. Don't just tell yourself that it didn't happen. 
take an active role in making sure that you're getting to the bottom of what's going on and, and make sure you're, you're standing up for the rights of those kids. All right. And this is a good ask because you guys are trying to raise money for this grant to vote. But all you have to do is vote. It's not putting in money it, yourself. We're not asking, we're we're not not asking, asking you for money. money. We're asking mm. you to just no. go online and vote. Right. That's absolutely it. I mean, this the two the two really positive things I think that come from this is one. Obviously, it's great to win the money. That's that's fantastic for Little Fork. But above and beyond this, this gives people who are uh new to kind of learning what we're all about gives you a chance to read up on us and see if it's something that you can support and and certainly anytime that i get the opportunity to address uh, family violence or child violence specifically uh, i like to talk about it all right well we're out of time this morning scott if our listeners again if they would like to go online all they have to do is go to our facebook page and we'll have the information we'll have the link there where they can vote um the center is little fork Family Advocacy Center. Um, Scott O'Reilly, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Hey, Rodney, thanks for having me again, and I look forward to talking to you soon. We'll make sure that uh, when we get the ribbon cutting that you come out and, and say hi to us as well. Oh, well, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing on behalf of abused children. Thank you so much, Scott. Well, thanks for having me on again. We'll right. talk to you soon. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.